Blog Talk Radio. to Blog Talk Radio and Facebook Live StreamYard. I have Joshua Ford from PSI Paranormal that is going to be joining us tonight. But I do have a couple of announcements before I do that, and I want to introduce my co-host. Oh, my gosh, y'all. David Flowers, I do it every, every week. Don't kill me. <laughs> my own co-host, I forget. I'm sorry. Say hi. Hi. <laughs> um... I got a couple announcements I wanted to make because they have some upcoming events. And one of them is the one at the Cabin on 360. That's going to be coming up December 10th. And that is in Mechanicsville. And it's kind of like a Toys for Top thing. So you have to buy a gift that is equivalent to $25 or more. And then that's your ticket to get into that particular event. So um, that is going to be December the 10th. It's on a Saturday. So, um, like I said, it's $25, and that gets you in. Um, if you want to – hi, Ronnie. If you want to go on to um, Cabin on 360's Facebook page and look up that event, it's all over there. And also with John Stevens, VirginiaParanormalEvents.com, you can go – excuse me, Virginia Paranormal Events on Facebook or www.VirginiaParanormalEvents.com. You can go on that page as well. And um, make sure that you look up the events there. I lost my train of thought because I'm trying to go public on my phone since it wasn't public anywhere else. Ronnie must be on your stuff. Anyway, okay, he's on yours. I want to introduce Joshua Ford from PSI Paranormal. He is our special guest tonight. So, thank you for having me. Yeah, we appreciate you coming on the show. Um, no problem. Yeah. Where are you from? I guess that's the first. I mean, where do you live at? Where? Well, I'm from the Central Valley of California, but I live in northern Mississippi. Hi, Austin. Okay. That is really cool. And Very rural Mississippi. <laughs> gotcha. I bet you. I bet you. Hi, Lucy. How are you doing? We have people that come on, so we kind of like talk as they, as they right. come on. Hey, Sheila. How are y'all? And Josh, too. <laughs> Josh, are you able to see the comments? I can't see comments. Okay. Well, if there's any gear towards you, I'll, I'll, um, or if anybody has questions, I'll, I'll read it off to you. So I found um, 
Joshua on TikTok because I had started, I, you know, was watching different videos and I really liked his videos and I was, and I reached out to him and asked him if he wanted to be a guest on the show. So hope you have a thanks, get happy Thanksgiving too. Um, and so here he is, and we are, you know, glad to have him. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Because I know you did your bio for me, but but I put that in the stream yard. Uh, well, I've been doing paranormal research uh, for about 25 years. Um, I've had a lot of weird things happen to me growing up. Um, turns out I am actually a psychic medium also. I tend to do more of the gray work, which is the, the I can connect to loved ones, but I can also connect to the things that most people find scary. For me, that's a little more uh, fulfilling. Uh, helping families. 95% of the cases that I take are private residential cases. I like to help families that are having a hard time. I've had cases where families were just about in financial ruin because they were going to leave their home because they were so fearful of it. Mm -hmm. um, so those are the, most of the cases that I, I like to take. Um, just a little more rewarding for me to help somebody that really, you know, really needs that help. Uh, like I said, I've been doing it 25 years through all kinds of different scenarios. In 25 years, I've had uh, one case that I believe was demonic. Other than that, um, it's been kind of a mix of just about anything and everything. Caught lots of stuff on video, um, audio that sort of thing, but uh, it's been, been a journey for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what got you into the, what got you into the field? When I was, when I was young, I used to, and I thought this was normal, actually, but when I was young, I would hear people speak before they actually talk, um, and for a long time, I was like, am I putting an idea in somebody's head or something? Like, why am I hearing before they're speaking. Um, but when I was 16, I had a, my grandfather passed away. Three days after he passed away, I used to have an alarm clock that sat on my headboard of my bed. And one of the things my grandfather used to do was, uh, my grandma and grandpa slept in separate rooms because my grandma said he snored like a chainsaw. So they slept in different beds and different rooms, but what he would do every night is he would wind up her clock. He had one of those old wind-up bell clocks, mm -hmm. and uh, he would wind up her clock and set it on her dresser so when it went off in the morning, she would have to actually get out of bed to go turn it off. Otherwise, if it was on her nightstand, she would just turn it off and fall back asleep. Um, so she would, he would set her alarm clock and set it on the nightstand, and he did that for years and years and years, decades. Well, about three days after he passed, I had my alarm clock that I always kept on my headboard so I could turn it off. Uh, it went off. I started reaching around, trying to find the button to turn it off. Couldn't find my alarm clock to save my life. Actually had to get up out of bed to find where my alarm clock was going. And it was set on my desk as far as the cord could reach. It was set on the desk so I would have to get out of bed to turn off the alarm clock. Um, after that, I wanted to understand the afterlife better. Um, 
but being a teenager and doing teenager things, I, you know, I, I would gravitate towards the paranormal, but I never really got into researching it until I was about 20 or so. And then I started getting things like voice recorders, cameras, things like that, to actually try to capture so I could answer questions about the afterlife. Uh, the mediumship I've kind of had all my life, it's kind of more honed in now. When I turned about 40, for some reason, I guess my life kind of chilled out in a way where I could understand and accept it. But uh, that was the original experience that I really had that I can remember that really got me into paranormal research. What's out there? What's, and for the next 25 years, I've just been going wherever anybody said, hey, I think this place is haunted. Let me go check it out. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So you do you do private residences, but have you went to, like, public events, too? I mean, or do they have, have that? Um, there's been places that I've done privately because I've, I've known the person that, that runs the, the place. Uh, just recently, I was at the Old South Pittsburgh Hospital in uh, Tennessee. Um, I've been to a few places in California, uh, the Ion Mansion that's out there. I, I find that the, the, the households, the private residentials, seem to be like, I get more evidence, personally, for me, uh, connecting into a place like that. But I, I do do some public areas. Um, I just, I don't know, I just, I guess I prefer private residential mm-hmm. spaces. It's just yeah. more fulfilling for me. Right. right. I agree I, with I you. I understand that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't we don't get a lot of private residences, but we've got a couple. Yeah, we, we've got a few, and it surprises me that we don't get more because mm-hmm. well, of all the history in Southeast Virginia. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Hey, I, I noticed that moving to Mississippi that there's caseload has kind of went up because there's so much Civil War history here. Um, how many houses were, you know, field hospitals during the war and things like that. So uh, there's definitely a lot of places here. Um, me and my team, I've, I've got three other members that, that go with me um, sometimes, uh, depending on their availability. But um, we're going to be doing Broken Bow Asylum in Oklahoma in uh, next April. Uh, we booked that. Uh, like a month ago or something. I do want to get out and do some more public areas. I just, I don't know. Like I said, it's just more fulfilling for that that residential case. But I do get out. You know, I've done cemeteries, you know, things like that. But um, we've got a few things lined up that uh, that I'll put out there on the TikTok and, and uh, let everybody know what we're doing. I'm trying to get to a few places like Atala Jail here in Mississippi. Um, old Southern funeral home, those mm-hmm. kind of places, um, just because I know the people that are running it and, and would like to get there and, you know, investigate with them. Hey, John Savage, how are you? Yeah, that's really cool um, to do, like, I guess both. But we like, I like residential, too. Right, it's, yeah. it's untouched, right, I think. Right, yeah, and, and it's, it's for me, it's like the helping part, yeah, helping yeah. an actual family yeah. is more fulfilling than yeah. going to a, a public area that, you know, 
I've been to a couple events where, you know, there's 30, 40, 50 people, and it's, it's just harder that way. And it's, like you said, it's untouched in residential areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the only time I'll do a, a public investigation, where not an investigation, public ghost hunt, is if it's going to charity. Right, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That I can understand. Yeah, because yeah, I, it, all it is is a ghost hunt, because you're not investigating because there's too many people there. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. That's right. true, too. Yeah, that's very true. Have you ever been to any residential places that weren't haunted? That were not? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Several, actually. Um, sometimes you'll go to a house. I've, I've been to a house that was built in, like, 1910 or something like that. Mm-hmm. The pipes are old. The wiring is failing. Um, and people who sometimes they get, when something freaks them out, they just instantly attribute that to paranormal when it's actually not, you know what I mean? So I've been to places and, and had to explain to them, okay, here's the knocking you're hearing. Um, every time you turn on a sink or the water pressure dips from your well or something like that, you're hearing the pipe bang, that's your knocking. It, it, it happens. It happens. Not not too, too often, but there's been several times where I've had to explain to a homeowner, yeah. I don't think it's paranormal. Sorry. Yeah, I've had that. I got, uh, I got a question for you here. Josh, Steve White's asking, good evening, question for Josh. When it comes to doing residential cases, do you find that a lot of them are just wanting validation on the activity that resides there, or what are some of the things that have they have requested? Um, a lot of them do want validation. They want to know that they're not crazy, that they're what they're seeing, hearing, feeling, other people can see, hear, and feel. Um, a lot of it is validation. I've noticed that on a good portion of the residential cases I've done, a lot of times it's the not knowing who is there. And by digging in, getting evidence, you know, um, taking what evidence we can, doing research on the property, we find answers to who that spirit could be. And a lot of times, that makes people a lot more um, open and welcome to now they know who it is and it's not so scary. Right. Um, exactly. You know, but, but a lot of times it is validation. People, I worked on a case in Arizona where these people had just bought their house um, five months prior. As soon as they got in there, I mean, they were having really crazy activity, poltergeist type activity. And they were to the point where they were going to go into financial ruin and just leave that house. Um, that was something a little darker, but they wanted validation. Like, are we crazy or is there really something going on? And we found out there's really something going on. Um, and then we figured out what it was, you know what I mean, or to the best of our ability. Sometimes you don't, you're never 100%. You know, sometimes you get evidence that's so clear, it's just like, okay, got to be that. No, um, but the validation and, and kind of showing people what it what it might be or who it might be um, tends to make people feel a lot better about having a spirit in your house because it's not always bad. Right. Sometimes it's just trying to get your attention. You know what I mean? Right. Right. I agree with you on that. I've been to a couple places where they thought it was 
paranormal activity, and it, and it just wasn't. It right. was it was actually leftover, how do I put it, residual stuff from oh, the previous so from the previous people that owned the owned the properties, and there was so right. much emotional turmoil going on within that home that because you know just I, well I know you you got to know about auras and energy. Right. Yes. And there, and it was just left over there, and it was just one big muck of a mess. So it wasn't anything okay. paranormal. And once you cleared it out, everything lifted, and everybody was like, <sighs> "Right, right." <laughs> you know, because right. people seem I, to forget that. Right, and and you know that's the funny thing is, there's definitely a difference between residual energy that's mm-hmm. just imprinted on yeah. the land, or you know, the structure or something like that, and and an actual um, you know, that's intellect, you know, intelligent and can communicate with you. That's right. Um, on my own property, the original house before well, we just had a fire a little less than a year ago, but the original house was 172 years old. It was built in 1850. It was a stopping point in during the Civil War. They would stop here. There was a blacksmith shop here. There was a well to water your horses and everything. It was a stopping point. So a lot of events over 172 years had happened. Mm -hmm. Um, In Mississippi, we had chain gangs um, way back when. Uh, I had residual energy here that I would hear chain gang chanting in my pasture. And to the point where, you know, I'm walking outside in my underwear going, who the heck's in my pasture? Uh, But it's just completely residual. Just things get left over. and, And, you know, once you kind of, recognize that and like you said clear it out yeah things change a whole lot yeah <clears throat> yeah because i think sometimes people people forget that even in the modern even in the modern times everywhere you go you're leaving a right. piece of you right everywhere you go and you know that's sometimes why like to me some people's houses won't sell you know, when they're trying to sell a house because there's just so much right. muck and crap in there. And, right. you know, it's not like a realtor is going to say, oh, well, let me clear this out before I go sell it, you know. And so, right. yeah, I think right. and, you know, that's the thing is people pick up energy more than I think they understand sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've walked into, if you've ever walked into a place and you're like, just have that feeling, you know, that weird feeling. That's you picking up on the energy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We 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 pick up on this energy. We feel the vibrations, and we can kind of tell. You can kind of feel if something's good or bad. You know what I mean? It, does it make you feel good? Make you happy? Or does it kind of creep you out? Or just kind of feel heavy? Right. Um, I think we read energy a lot more than we understand that we do it. I, I right. think it's just the natural instinct for most people. Right. I agree with you on that. And Steve's asking. Uh, when doing a res- residential cases, has a parent ever asked you why their child possibly has a imaginary friend, and is it so imaginary after all, meaning they really have a spirit friend or something other than that? What they're saying? Oh, absolutely. Um, I've had several cases where the children are seeing something and interacting with that um, where mom and dad may not see the same thing. Um, Those imaginary friends sometimes, you know, kids have great imaginations and 
Um, it's been my experience that firstborns or only children, they if they don't have you know other social things going on in their life, they will have these you know friends because it's something for them to do. Right. But I've also noticed a lot of times it's an actual spirit. Like they can describe something that we can back up with actual evidence, with actual research. Um, I've had cases where uh, a little girl, she's, you know, six, seven years old, and um, she described this other child that she was playing with, you know, and I sat down with her, with her parents' permission, and and I asked her, you know, what does she look like? Um, You know, what does she say to you? After doing some research on the, the house itself, found out that a couple had lost a child. I think it was the child, the little girl was about eight or ten when she passed away from, uh, it's been so long ago, I, I can't remember the exact uh, ailment. But uh, so we found an actual picture of this in the research. And uh, that's, we put a kind of did a police lineup, put that picture with like five or six other pictures in a lineup and said, asked the little girl, said, do you see your friend in any of these pictures? And immediately she picked out the little girl that had passed away on the property. So sometimes that that, uh, imaginary friend is not so imaginary, but sometimes it is. It's just my experience that more times than not, it's, it's something. Yeah, yeah it, it's my belief that kids, little kids like that, they, they can't see things. Right. It's the adults in their life that they don't know that's just your imagination, and they get desensitized. And right. Right. If you see something and, you know, mom and dad are always saying, oh, it's just your imagination, eventually, you know, life kind of grinds that into you that you're not really seeing what you're seeing. Right. Um with my own children, I had that experience. Um, I chose to go a different route where I kind of encouraged them, you know, instead of saying, no, it's just your imagination or, you know, no, you're, you're just quit making things up. I would ask them questions. Well, hey, do you know their name? Or, you know, I, I was kind of supported. I, yeah. I knew what happened to me as a child that I would see things and people would tell me, you know, it's just your imagination, my imagination. Um, thank God. Um, so I kind of went that route with my own kids. Yeah, I do that with mine. Um, my youngest, when he sees, tells me he's seeing something I want to know, I'll, I'll just ask him, like, what does it look like? What's your name? Right. Does she give you a name? Because I don't want to discredit anything that he's telling right. me that he's he's seeing, you know. And then I there's other kids that unfortunately have, and David, you and I talked about that yesterday. They, they psychosis, I guess, if you will. They, we had that yesterday. <laughs> right. And sometimes it's hard to it's hard to tell. You have to kind of really question them in, in a specific way. Right. You know what I mean? To to know what is just their imagination and what is something else. You know? Right. I believe in encouraging that. Right. I think. As humans, we were much more spiritual beings uh, in history than we are now um, in the ways of being able to connect the other side, the afterlife, whatever you want to call it. Um, 
So I, I, I really believe in encouraging that. So we can kind of get back to that original spirituality. Um, I think we, if, if we did, we would probably understand our world a little bit better. Right. I agree with you on that. Yeah. But unfortunately, okay. people are so busy, they don't have time to, you know, right. they don't have time to do it or they're scared to do it. I've seen that right. too. They're afraid of the unknown or they're afraid that they're going to be bring bad things, you know, with them. Because um, right. I do Reiki work. I do a lot of energy work. And um, a lot of people come to me with, you know, this is what I'm seeing, and they're confused, or they'll bring their kids. This is what my kid is saying. Can you help them understand? Because I don't want them to – I've always said I don't want anybody to ever feel like they're alone, you know, when it comes to connecting with spirit, seeing spirit, communicating. I don't I – don't, because I was alone. I had really nobody to turn to, nobody to talk to, and I thought I was nuts. And that I just needed to go up the street and be locked up at Eastern State Hospital that we have over here, you know. And I finally had connected with somebody that that understood, did that, and mentored. You know, I had to have that, and she's still a mentor up to this day, you know. Um, but I don't want people to feel they're alone, you know, because I think that some people say you're you're either born with it or you're not, and I don't know if I agree with that. I think that everybody has that ability, but I think that they just don't know how to tap into that or they're too busy, you know, that it's an everyday spiritual maintenance too. You got to do things every single solitary day. You can't pick it up, put it down, pick it up, put it down. And, you know, I I don't know what your take is on that, but that's, that's just how I feel about that. You know, when I don't want people to ever feel they're alone because they're not. I absolutely agree. For yeah. for many, many years, I had to try and figure things out on my own. Why mm-hmm. am I, why do I see things like this? Why do I hear things that nobody else is hearing? Right. Uh, and for a long time, I thought literally I, there was something um, wrong with me. Right. You know, like I, I'm, I have mental illness or something that's got to be, I didn't feel like it. Like I felt pretty normal, but yeah. You know, just out of the blue, you would, I would see something, or I would see shadow figures. I, I've, all my life, shadow figures have been a really big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always yeah. been connected to nature. When I'm in nature, I see things that other people don't always see, or feel things other people don't always feel things. I thought it was nuts. Mm-hmm. And I literally, for many years, had to kind of deal with that on my own. It was only in the last couple of years that I really had a mentor to kind of guide me and go, you know, you have these gifts and you know you have these gifts. Um, let me answer some questions that you have. And mm-hmm. I felt a lot less crazy once, but it took 20 years to get there. Yeah. Yeah, it's taken a long time. And I still, I'll, I'll tell him, I'll be like, dang, maybe I should have a mental health evaluation just to... <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. We've had that discussion until I'm like, I think I need to get a mental health evaluation because I know some people that work in the mental health field. And I'm like, let me just go on ahead and get that MH eval done to see, you know, where I'm at with that. I'm to get that mental health <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, I feel like I'm a pretty well-adjusted person, you yeah. know what I mean? But I don't feel like I have any mental illness. I, I you know, I have my ups and downs just like everybody else does i just happen to hear things that nobody else can hear right um but i'm I'm like you i don't 
when somebody comes to me and, and asks me a question, I, I try to always answer it based on what it's had to work on myself. Because um, I, I can't answer anything on theory. Because I, I, there's lots of theories about lots of different things, but me personally, I know what I've experienced, so I try to answer every question from that, from my experience. Mm -hmm. And I don't want, and like you said, I don't want anybody to feel like I did when I was coming up where I thought I was crazy. Right. You know, I don't want people to feel alone. Right. So I always try to help where I can. Yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah. I've got another one for you here, John. Yeah. It's from Steve White again. He says, sorry for all the questions, but love your answers when you're doing residential cases. Has any of the homeowners ever mentioned seeing a spirit of a pet at the different times throughout the years living there? Absolutely, and uh, I, I wish I still had this footage. Um, it was actually on one of my hard drives with the computer that was went through the fire. But um, I've caught on camera what looks to be the homeowner's Springer uh, spaniel. Oh wow! It looks like a form, and it looks like a Springer spaniel kind of moving, you only see it for for maybe three seconds, but it looks like a Springer Spaniel. Absolutely, we have caught pets, heard lots of stories about people saying, man, I think my dog's here, and then getting barks on EVPs. Um, yeah, your pet can come hang out with you, guarantee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll never forget the time my girlfriend had just lost. It was her cat, and she was devastated. And she walked into our local coffee shop, but her cat was right there. And I told her, I was oh, like, wow. Suzanne, I was like, your cat, I was like, and I mean, it was almost like it showed up in full form just to say, hey, let her know that I'm here. And I told her, and she was like, I'm not surprised by that. I'm, she said, I'm not surprised by that, And I was, but it was just full form, like, tell her, you know, and so I did. Um, because, like I said, that was like one of her favorite cats, and she was just devastated when it when it was gone. But I just thought it was kind of neat. <laughs> I had an instance actually was years ago, probably ten or so years ago, fifteen years ago. Um, I was sitting in a chair, and I felt something brush my leg, and then a weight on top of my foot. And I'm like, thank you. My feet, I feel that, like, what just happened here? But it felt like something sat on my foot. And mm -hmm. so I mentioned that to the homeowner. I was like, I, it just felt like something rubbed across my leg and then sat on my foot. Well, that was something that their dog did to her husband. He would, her, their dog would walk over, rub across his legs, and then sit on his foot so he'd be annoyed to let her up in the chair. Oh, wow. And I was like, literally, that just happened to me. Something sat on my foot after it rubbed my leg, and she's like, that's my dog. Oh, wow. So, yeah, we definitely caught in for pets come back. Yeah. 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 I have experiences here because, like, and this was before Coco died and Misty Meow Meow, our cats, but because um, both yeah, of them passed that. away. But that was before I have experiences with sometimes cats coming up on the bed. And I'm like, whose freaking cat is this? Because I haven't had a cat, but the previous lady that lived here had three of them. 
Oh, wow. And I'm like, and I think one of them passed. I'm like, I wonder if this cat, if this was her main room and the cat is like used to jumping up in the bed with her because this room is so small, you can only adjust the bed so much in here, you know, and it's really one way or, or under the window. So, yes, thanks for coming on. He's got to run. But you have a happy Thanksgiving, too. Yeah, so I, I wonder that, you know, if that was her previous cats because. Right. I don't know if you've had this experience, but I always seem to feel or catch something when it's a cat. It's almost like I always seem to have the experience where they, like, dart across somewhere, and it's just like a little cat figure. It's almost like they're dogs grease like interactive. Yeah. With cats. Like yeah. dogs just come right up to you. With cats they like kind of stay at the distance, you know, out of out of reach. Well, I've seen the cats where you know you know which one it is, but they're they're lightning fast to me. They're right. real fast right. and I'm like, Oh, cocoa, you can tell by the gray coat, all right, that's cocoa butters. Misty Meow Meow, which is the other one that, that we had. She you can't miss her. She just shows a smidgen of black and white, and that's how I know it's her because she was black right. and white. So, yeah, I understand that. You're yeah, you're absolutely like right they about that. around everywhere, and then the dogs will come up to you like it's kind of as in life, so in death. You know? Right, right. That's true. Yeah, yeah. So I agree with you on that. Some of your clients are surprised that your investigations aren't just like they see. Um. I would imagine, I, I don't think I've ever asked them, but I would imagine a great deal of them. Yeah. Um, because people kind of expect you, there's so many shows where it's, things are sensationalized, right? Um, so they expect that, oh my God, something's moving in my house or you know, lights are flickering or something's happening here. Got to be a demon. <laughs> uh, I mean, like that's the first thing everybody goes to. Um, I would imagine a lot of them uh, are very surprised that that what we catch is not what they think it is. You know what I mean? It's, you know, and yeah. and that same with new investigators too. I I okay. brought on uh, a uh, investigator in training. Um, you know, he watches the shows. He he expects that there's activity every two seconds. Yeah. Half of my investigations are sitting there for hours. You don't. Nothing. You're just yeah. like, oh my god, you know, <laughs> trying not to fall asleep. You know, and he's like, it gets boring sometimes. I'm like, yeah, you got to keep yourself entertained. You know. Yeah. yeah. But uh, Jerry and I, we run a paranormal 101, and we, we tell the guests all the time, you might sit there all night long and nothing going on. No, yeah. your gadgets are lighting up or anything. But when you go back and you listen to your recorder, you watch that video, you'll get something. Right. Yeah. Right. That's what makes me go back to it. Yeah. Right. You know, another thing I found, I don't know if you know um if you're you're familiar with the Warren's twenty eight day uh theory. I've heard of that. Yeah. So basically over the course of about twenty eight days you can go from nothing happening in a location that's said to be haunted to, you know, figuring out what the deal is. They've got a show about it and everything. I'm not so sure it's 28 days, but I know that I've been to locations, and the first time I went there, nothing, absolutely nothing. I mm-hmm. sat there for 12 hours <laughs> staring, and then I had to do 
e-reviews of, you know, 24 hours because we had a couple of recorders going. Nothing, absolutely nothing. And uh, end up coming back, you know, a week or two later, nothing again. I'm like, I'm starting to wonder if there's actually anything here. And then, like, the third or fourth time I go, it's like all hell broke loose. Like, things were, you know, I had uh, EMF detectors going off, uh, caught three or four EVs, uh, a ball rolling. You know, it's like, I think sometimes when you first get there, if, if you're a shy person, somebody new comes in, you're just like, I'm not talking to that yeah, guy. Yeah, maybe they have yeah. to get to know you. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I always try to tell people, as in life, so in death. Yeah. Right? You don't just walk up to everybody, or most people don't just walk up to anybody and, you know, have a conversation. I do. Um, but well, I mean, I, I, I just like that. But, talk to a doorknob. You know, most people don't, you know, if you don't know somebody, you're not as open with them. Right. That's um, true. To where, as if you come back several times, they start to understand, okay, this person isn't just here, you know, trying to, you know, get a thrill. I think right. that after a few times, they, they will start to interact with you. Right. Um, but I've sat through investigation 12 hours and absolutely nothing. It was just mind numb. And I don't think people understand that. You know, sometimes yeah. nothing. Nothing for a lot of hours. Mm-hmm. And then you have to watch video and listen to recordings of nothing, nothing for, for hours. hours, hours, yeah. <laughs> I have two... Well, I have more than that. I got so much body cam footage to go through, it's not even funny. You know, seriously, I'm so backed up on body cam footage. And we were running pretty good logs, but, you know, you get dizzy and then stupid stuff happens. And, you know, I'm sure there's some evidence on those on those body cams that we have, I haven't even heard yet, but I'm sure we've got some there. Well, I still have evidence from the... Uh, uh, the South Pittsburgh hospitals that I haven't gone through is just everything happening in life. I've got like an hour of video of this. I just sit down and stare at a screen for a while, but I started to do the review, and within the 30 seconds of me turning a camera on, I literally set a camera on a tripod and was fidgeting with some other stuff that was in my pocket trying to figure out what I was going to set out, and we caught shadow figures. Um... After that, I was so excited. I was like, I only had to sit here for 30 seconds, and they, they, like, we caught this. And so, I, you know, as I got time, I started the video and stopped the video, and but I still got like an hour, and that was two months ago that <laughs> I did that investigation. I just, I still got to watch it just to see if there's anything or listen to the audio on it. But yeah, sometimes it's just, it's mind numbing. Yeah. Just yeah. watch hours of nothing to catch that one millisecond. Piece of yeah. yeah, the one that I'm falling halfway asleep on. I'll be laying on my right. room going, and then I'll then right. you'll hear something. They're like, wait a minute, wake up real fast. Ronnie said he does everything like Zach Baggins. I want the ass scene on TV tag. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. I wish it was like that. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, we were talking about that, too, when we do the Paranormal 101. We do tell people that. It gets a little boring at times, and it's right. so funny because when people come on the tour, they think that we do jump scares, and we really don't We do not do jump scares on, on any of our stuff. And what happens at the manor house is what happens. It's not, you know, 
nothing staged, no jump scares. So that's well, part of it. understand, like with these shows and stuff, like there's a lot of money invested in this. So yeah. they got to keep viewers coming back every week, you know. So yeah. I think I it's don't want to talk bad about anybody, but yeah. you know, sometimes there's some stuff that's stretched on these shows. Yeah. Watch, like, you know, you watch an hour-long show, and they spend a week to get that hour of video that they can put the piece together, you know. Yeah. Uh, but not everything is legit. Yeah. Well, of course like, not. Yeah. They have to keep your attention coming back next week. Yeah, and I, yeah. I just stopped watching them all together because I do stuff. We do our, our um, investigations and tours, and... I see dead people on a daily basis, so I really don't need to be watching. <laughs> I just stopped. I mean, even it's wild. It's amazing how much evidence you get when you're not even trying to get. Yeah. Right, right. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you're just like the team took a break. You're just everybody's going to get something to drink, yeah. get a little snack. Cameras are just kind of rolling, and nobody is around to ask no questions. Nothing's going on. And then all of a sudden you get this like this long EVP or something, you know, and you're like, where the heck was I? Yeah. 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 My, uh, Ryan Jones, he's he's doing the next show. He does um the freaking awesome show. He got a really good EVP. He was just sitting out on a porch somewhere, and he got an Indian. I don't know where he was at, but he got an Indian chanting, and I'm really? full chanting. I'll tell him to send it to me, and I'll forward it to you. But he's got it okay. on there, and it's it's just really awesome. And and all he was doing was <laughs> right. So. That's the way it always happens. It's, it's always it, you're either talking, and then something is talking underneath you're talking, yeah. or yeah. you're not even in the area, and something comes up. Yeah. yeah. Ronnie said, "What you're saying that that shit is fake? Might as well watch wrestling then." <laughs> Yeah, you. yeah, you're probably right about that. Yeah. You can't jump 15 feet in the air and land on the ground and that not, you know, hurt. Yeah, yeah. that's true. No matter how much bad there is, that's going to hurt. Right. Yeah. So when you go on your investigations, what's one of your favorite pieces of equipment that you like to use? Oh, great question. So my personal favorites are communication devices. Um, give me my voice recorder. An SB7, um, those are my go-to items. Mm-hmm. I, I am all about the communication part. Of course, we all want to catch something on camera, but my whole point is to communicate with a spirit, to, to tell its story using its own words, right? Mm-hmm. So you give me a portal box, an SB7, voice recorder, and I'm a happy camper. I could never have a camera again and still be happy just trying to communicate um, audibly like that. So now, those are my go-tos. Now, do you do what I do? Do you try to match up what is coming through on the psychic part to equipment? Do you do that? I do. Like, okay. um, I'm not the only one. Um, I used to have a, a REM pod, but I hated carrying it around. So I started using the mini REMs. Um, because they they fit in your pocket better, right? Um, I'll set out a mini rim or something like that, and in a place where I feel like something may be. Um, and I try to use kind of like two device mm-hmm. corroboration. 
mm-hmm. or what I'm getting psychically. Um, because if I can say I'm I'm picking up this spirit, the name that's coming through is you know Eleanor, mm-hmm. and then I get an EVP of something saying Eleanor. I mean that's validation, right? So yeah. Absolutely, I try to use uh, my equipment to validate what I'm picking up psychically. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, because I hadn't. I yeah. 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 I agree with you on that. Hey, you know, I could walk into a room and go, yeah, there's a guy named Carl here, and, you know, he was a heavy chain smoker, but if you can't validate that, it's really, for me, even as a psychic medium, if I can't validate something, I just, yeah. I don't feel right with just saying it. Right. Um, yeah. Sometimes I'll say something and we don't get validation. Um, just because, hey, I'm going to tell you, this is what I'm picking up. I don't know if maybe in the future we'll find something that yeah. will corroborate this. Yeah. So I'll say something just kind of as a marker. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely want to get some kind of validation with a device, uh, with a history book. Right. Um, but I definitely try to try to validate what comes to my situation. Yeah, that's, I, I, I do that, yeah. Yeah, and I'm not so curious. Yeah, I believe everything you tell me, you say, Mr. Tolliver's here. I believe it, right. but can't use your belief as evidence. Right. I mean, like for you guys, you guys know each other. You investigate together. You know that she is legitimate, that the mm-hmm. information she's given has been right so many times. You know you can trust that. Um, and that's the same with my team. If I say something, they're mm-hmm. going to go, well, there may be some validity to that. You know, let's see if we can gather evidence to back that up. They trust what I say or, or what I feel, not just what I say. That's kind of a bad way to put it. But they trust what I feel, and then we try to corroborate that. Exactly. Um, when you have that kind of relationship, you can do that. Mm-hmm. But for everybody else, if you can't corroborate what you're getting psychically, how do they trust you? Right. you know? right. um, and I'm not about trying to prove myself. Right. I, I think I've done that enough. I think I'm tired of doing and, that. <laughs> right. You know, with hundreds of, of personal readings uh, and cases that I've done where my psychic ability has helped enhance the investigation. Yeah. Um, I think I've proven myself enough where I don't feel the need to prove myself to people anymore. Right, right. Um, um, but, yeah, it's. I still want validation. That's right. So when I yeah. show somebody some evidence, I didn't have to fake it because there's enough real stuff out there yeah. to never have to fake it. Exactly. Um, When I put something out there, it's because I've went through the steps, um, whether it's been my psychic mediumship abilities, whether it's been um, a feeling that I've gotten, uh, something I've captured. When I put something out there, everybody should know that I've went through the process. Is this paranormal? Can I explain this some other way? Um, Is this figure that I'm seeing in the woods, is that just leaves in a pattern the way I'm sitting and the light's just right? Um, I've went through every step I could possibly do, including going back, taking more pictures to see, can I recreate this? Can I debunk this? Right. I've ever got, I I I truly try to debunk it. I don't want to believe it's real until I can't give any other explanation other than this is that's for me. That's for me and David go back and forth. At <laughs> we go back and forth on our stuff. 
because right. he's like the open-minded skeptic, and I'm the metaphysical part of everything. So right. It, right. it goes hand in hand, which is needed. I love skepticism is healthy. Yeah. Absolutely healthy. Yeah. Skepticism is what keeps us honest, right? Um, and I love working with open-minded skeptics. Um, if we see something, Hi, Kyle. even Hi. as a medium, I'm a skeptic still, yeah. right? I'm a skeptic. Mm-hmm. And I believe you have to be if you want to catch real evidence that's, that's yeah. trustworthy. You, know? yeah. you have to go through that process. Right. Yeah, because yeah, I question when I have spirit that comes through, I'm constantly questioning them. I'm like, okay, you're going to have to give me a little bit more validation. You know, before I open my mouth, I'm like, you're going to have to give me a little bit more validation than what you're giving me, this little sugar cube. No, you got to give me a little more than just what you're saying. But a lot of my readings come out through Reiki when I'm doing energy work. That's why I make all my clients record everything because I don't remember everything. I don't remember. And I'm like, okay, y'all need to record this because – if your loved one steps out and they start talking, I'm doing Reiki, but I'm in a whole different world. I'm not here. So I'm like, I'm not going to remember, you know. And sometimes I'll just tell them, you know, if certain things come up, I'll just say, like the color yellow, for instance, with one of my clients. I was like, I don't know the meaning of why they why they keep showing me yellow like a beacon, you know, so you know when they start flashing it like a beacon, it's something very important. And they'll be like, well, I don't know what the significance of that is. And then they'll get home and they'll be like, oh, never mind, wait a minute. And they'll right. write me and they'll say, I know what she meant by that, you know, and, and right. it's I've that. that yeah, yeah, because you don't, you don't, the spirit is weird. They're right. just, they're, right. It's weird. I've gotten um, doing a reading for somebody. I've gotten stuff that's been so specific yeah. that's like no doubt. Yeah. Um, I mean, so specific as to the point of I literally had a movie in my head of this man passing away, how he passed away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I described that, and I mean, like, so specific, you cannot doubt that. I've had other ones where they're just like, they throw, it's like throwing little breadcrumbs like you're a duck. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, it, and they just throw little bits at you. And I always tell anybody who's ever had a reading for me, I and I don't do private readings anymore, um, but anybody who's, I tell them, if you want to record this, yeah, by all means record it, because I won't remember the message I give to you. Right. The message I get and give to you is not for me to remember. That's right. If you ask me, hey, you remember when you said this, you know, six months ago? No. Yeah. Uh, I, do, I get that same thing. And auto writing, do you auto write too? I don't auto write. Oh, okay. I, I do. I do some physical mediumship, yeah. um, channeling, yeah, um, things like that. But I, I've never tried auto writing. I don't know why. Auto writing, oh my gosh, I, I have the notebooks. Well, I have them all piled up in my room in different spots because i got to reach over when they start wanting me to write. But it's it's not a message for me to keep. So I just automatically rip it out, the book, and I bring it to whoever it is I'm supposed to bring it to, and I'm like, right. here you go, because it's 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 not for me, it's for them. You know, right. I, I yeah. detach from everything, Reiki too. I detach from all that because it's not, yeah. If you held on to all of that, you'd be sick. Yeah, you'd be sick. You have to that 
people do that for from a year. Oh, right. but, uh, you know, when you were talking about this or that, I understand it now. It was this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they can, you know, information that they didn't have before. Uh, well, hey, I talked to my mom and so-and-so actually did do this or, yeah. you know, use this. And, and they validate stuff that they didn't know at the time. But Sometimes people have come back to me, you know, six months later, and they're like, you know, remember when you said this? And I'm like, ah, no. No. Not even. Not, yeah. I don't remember. I yeah. barely remember us having a conversation, yeah. let alone exactly what we said. Yeah, that's why I'm like, record it, please. Right. You know. Yeah. And sometimes they don't step out at all. I've had people come into Reiki with those expectations, and I'm like, listen, Sometimes they that person has so much crap on them and their energy is so heavy that spirit can't possibly come through because the room is so heavy with their own shit. Does that make sense? Their own health issues that they got going on that it actually blocks a person from trying to come through. So, you know, it's just, it's wild. And like I said, spirit, spirit is just weird. Well, you know, here's something I always tell everybody. Um, is smarter than me. Yeah. I, I promise you, spirit knows way more about everything than I do. It will come through. They will come through when you need that message the most. Right. Um, I always do spirit-led communication, um, reading, stuff like that, because that spirit knows when you need that message. And I trust that they know better than I do, so I've always done spirit-led. Um now, there's been a couple of times where I've just seen somebody was doing a live one day and uh, saw somebody in chat who actually did not believe in me, thought they were scammers. And as soon as I seen their name, I was like, for a second. You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't believe that mediums were real. When they were done, we're now still friends. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they're like, there's no way. There's yeah. no possible way. Right. I could have known any of this, but I don't know if, how your gifts present. I know that mine, I, I hear most of it is uh, claircognizant, but I do have um, audio, some visual. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'll get a picture in my mind that's so vivid yeah. that it affects my actual vision. Um, very rarely do I see something with my actual eyes, but um, most of the time it's my spirit guy talking to me, and I have a drunken Irishman for a spirit guy. That should be fun. It, listen, he's very blunt, and there's a lot of times he'll be talking to me while I'm trying to do a reading for somebody, and uh, I'm like, listen, bro, I cannot say that to the person. And he's, you know, he's very yeah. blunt and open yeah. and cusses a lot. Yeah. And I'm hearing this in my ear, and I'm going, I can't say that to them. That's that's inappropriate. I can't say it like that. So I have to figure out ways of nicely putting things, you know? Yeah. But, he, yeah, it's a drunken Irishman that talks one of my guys. Yeah. I get that with <laughs> one of my guides. They're very blunt and straight to the point. And I'm like, I'm not going to tell right. her that. I'm not, there's no way right. that I can freaking tell her that. She's going to look at me and say, what are you thinking? You know, so I, I have that. Um, I get a lot of stuff up here in the third eye. 
I see a lot of shadow figures. I don't know. It's audio. It's it's pretty much a little bit, I think, of everything. Auto writing. Right, it's very strong. <laughs> a lot of mine is feeling. Um, I can tell. I can tell your loved one from physical feeling yeah, to yeah. elemental physical feeling, like and the whole gamut of different things that that kind of goes. Before I see hear anything, I feel them. Right. Uh, and I kind of know what is around. Yeah. based on that feeling and remembering what things feel like when, you know, different types of entities and whatnot. Most of the time I hear a, a, I mean, a nice guy, and he's telling the truth, <laughs> but he just has a very blunt way of saying it, and he cusses a lot, so I can't, yeah. you know, I can't look at a client and go, you're effing crazy, because that's exactly what I'm hearing. I have to go, well, uh, my guys are telling me, yeah. Kind of be nice about things, you know. Yeah. It's, it's hard. He, he's, he'll make you want to slap him sometimes. Yeah. Oh, hell, you know. Yeah. That is so funny. Yeah, but so it sounds like we've got a lot of similar things. So. Right. Yeah. It's just like a little, little bit of everything. Mm-hmm, yeah. And I don't do. You know, like some people will do a private reading. Like I said, a lot of my stuff comes out through Reiki energy work. Or just meeting a total stranger like I did last week and her grandma, I mean, we were just messaging each other on Facebook about heart stuff and I was like, damn, your grandmother's standing right next to you and she had all these messages and I didn't know if the lady believed it in or not, but as long as I get it off of me, because if I don't give the message, then I got to listen to muffled music. They they play muffled music until I give the message and it drives me nuts and I don't like muffled country country I can't I live in the country but I don't really like muffled country music. I I had a similar experience this last week. A truck driver actually showed up at my warehouse and I was unloading her and uh, I didn't know her name and you know I like everybody as long as you're good to me I'm good to you right. Yeah. I walked out there and was talking to her, and she's such a sweet lady. I've seen her many times at our other facilities. Just a, a sweetheart. Didn't know her name, so I walked up to her and I go, "You know, I've never asked you the truck or in the yard or whatever. What is your name?" And she told me her name. I was like, "Okay, now we. I've got a name that I can holler at you by." <laughs> I walked maybe ten feet away, and her aunt came to me, and told me, thank you for being so nice to her. I gave her that name. Aww. I'm like, okay, what do I do with that? Because I don't usually approach people that don't approach me first. Right. Yeah. Well, her aunt said, go ahead and tell her. Um, she was a very religious, devout religious lady. So.
out there. This is Ryan. I'm taking oh, turn around here. Taking a sip out of my Boblo Island retro plastic coffee cup I got when I was a when I was a kid. It was this is a amusement park in Canada that we used to go to when I was visiting my grandparents in uh in Michigan. We would take a boat called the Boblo boat. Imagine that right there, right there. there. We would take the boat. We get up in the morning. We drive down to, to the Detroit River, and we would take the Boblo boat to um, Boblo Island. It's the music park is long since gone, closed down in like the early 90s or something. But it was a lot of fun, a lot of uh, good memories out there. So I found this. In my uh, in my uh, my dad's house, my parents' house. I'm not gonna take that home with me. It is Thanksgiving week. Super excited for Thanksgiving. Very happy to eat some turkey on Thursday. Um, let's see. Uh, we had our pamphlet park investigation on Saturday. That was a lot of fun. Had a good turnout for. Uh, the event, um, like 50 some people out there, maybe I don't know, I didn't count, but it is sold out, so you know, 60 people bought tickets for it, anyways. 
I'm not sure if Dick TV actually showed up or not because it was kind of cold. But it, was, it wasn't freezing cold. But I was prepared. The first time we went out to Pamplin, it was in November, but it was like in the 20s and windy. It was cold, 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 cold. So I went out and I actually bought long underwear. I bought a new hat. I bought gloves because I wasn't going to be outside because most of the investigations are outside. So I'm, I, I was going to be prepared and be like, this time I'm not going to be freezing. Of course, it wasn't even really that cold outside. It was in the probably in the in the upper 30s. I want to keep talking. I keep on saying late 30s, but upper 30s, lower 40s, something like that. So, I mean, it wasn't terrible. I think everyone had a good time. It's tough doing those those um, public investigations, especially when you have big groups of people in, in small in small spaces. It's uh, it's tough to like you don't EVP sessions to uh, know who's talking, who's not, unless you do the uh, unless you really do the um, evidence or review evidence like the next day or something, because then you're still the memory the the idea the the investigation is still fresh in your head. So, but I didn't really do much investigating. I was more just walking around and make, making sure everybody was at the right place where they're supposed to be and stuff. But I had a good time seeing everybody. Um, seeing like Fredericksburg Paranormal, Covert Paranormal is out there, Middletown Paranormal, uh, DI Paranormal is there. Of course, Crop was there as well. It was always fun seeing, seeing everyone out and about at uh, Pamplin Park. But, uh, yeah, so I'm super excited for our show tonight. Um, it is our Freaksgiving special. Um, and uh, I met our guest, the cabin on 360, um, a few weeks ago. Him and his group came out for an investigation. And, uh, unfortunately, it was a quiet night for them, but, you know, that happens. Uh So I asked him if you want to come on the show, and he was nice enough to say yes. So I'm going to go ahead and um, put him on the stream right now. Hello. Hey. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Ryan? Good. Happy Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving Tuesday. Yeah, thank you. Man. So I'm sorry you had – I heard some you had a kind of a quiet night when you were at the cabin. Yeah, it, it happens, you know. You know, like you said, it's uh, you know you can't predict it, so um, you know we just you know try to get make the best of what we can. I mean, a lot of times you go on investigations, it's it's like the, it's more about the experience of hanging out with your friends and doing stuff like that. I mean, evidence evidence is great, but it's nothing that you can be counted on, you know. Exactly. Yeah, I totally agree. So I talked I talked to the girl who rented the cabin the night before and she was telling me that she had like a rock thrown at her on the trail, the the, oh, the wow. gravel path and there were disembodied voices and maybe they they swore themselves out. Apparently they were talking this like two o'clock in the morning. So <laughs> Yeah, that sounds very possible. <laughs> By the time you guys got there they're like, Oh, we're done, sorry. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, you have any big plans for Thanksgiving? Uh, 
just going seeing the family, my parents, and then I think my mom's side going to go over there to her mom's for a little bit and, uh, and hang out with everybody. So what do you have any, any, like, what's your favorite, like, food to eat on Thanksgiving? Um, <laughs> I'm definitely a big stuffing guy. Mm. Stuffing, that's my go-to. But I like, um, you know, but I like all the uh, all the regulars, uh, turkey, mashed potatoes, stuffing. I put them all together and, uh, and usually end it with some good pumpkin pie or something like that. That's, that's my go-to. I usually like I get them. I go to my grandma's house for Thanksgiving, and the turkey smells so good when I walk in the front door. And it's like I think I like the smells of Thanksgiving more than I actually like the food. I'll eat the food, but I always I always pile the food up because I'm so hungry from the smell. Yeah. That I get halfway through it, I'm like, oh my god, I am I am stuffed. I know exactly what you mean. I'm and, I, the same way. and I'm like, I don't want to even look at food again for like a week after that. I'm like, I'm done. Just, just you know, I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna go into hibernation right now. Exactly. Yeah, I usually help my dad carve the, uh, carve the turkey, and uh, my dog strategically plants himself right below there. <laughs> mm, smart dog. Yeah. So how did you, uh, how did you get into the paranormal when? When you were growing up, did you watch the shows, or how how did you get into it? Yeah, um, I it was kind of twofold. Um, I did watch a lot of the shows growing up, um, and around the time I was 16, um, I started a kind of a group with my friends where uh, we more or less went out to you know abandoned places in the woods and <laughs> and uh, some cemeteries and things like that. And then um, eventually, once I turned um, uh, 18, I went to Old Dominion University, and I actually started a group there. And that's kind of really where I got my big start with um, actually investigating, um, you know, museums Mm -hmm. and and, uh, different locations like that. What kind of shows did you guys watch? Did you watch when you were growing up? Um. I would say mostly I was a ghost hunter guy, um, just because you know I liked the whole the whole science based method they were trying to to do, and I felt like a lot of the other shows, um, you know, they kind of um, and again not to not to knock anyone because everybody has their own views and expresses their own opinions on it, but I just felt like for me personally the science view was the best because you know it was just like things that I could relate to, like they were trying to find things you can hear, things you can see, and try to go more on that, like empirical evidence. Yeah, they were, they were definitely, when they first came out, it was definitely a fresh kind of way to, to look for, investigate. And most of the shows I watched were like, like like history shows where they would show, talk about the story, and then they would show like uh, like an actor playing the ghost going across the the – um, the screen or whatever, like haunted history or, or yeah. stuff like that, and um, you know, watching uh, like what is it, Most Haunted, back in the day, where you know it was, I guess they were trying to be serious, but you know, the kind of people took it as a joke, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. I mean, I'd watch it. I'd watch it with my friend of mine. We'd just be drinking, talking, making fun of it. 
but uh, the Ghost Hunters was definitely a more a more of a serious take on the, and like you said, more scientific. Mm-hmm. Yep. Than shows like that, and I can see why you know, and it basically shows what it's like to actually be on an investigation. On a, on a shortened. Yeah, so they have like uh, I mean, TAPS is a pretty big deal. I mean, they have teams like across the country that were like, you know, TAPS affiliated and stuff, and even had like the Paranormal magazine and everything. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, I had that for a while. Yeah, and it was really twofold though because um, the other part of why like, I started investigating was because um, when I was growing up, my grandfather um, passed and it was like in 2000 and um, he was like real close to the family mm-hmm. and my dad's side was very like um, super religious uh, like very Catholic um, everyone's very Catholic raised and everything and um, so they didn't really they do believe in like the afterlife and not necessarily ghosts the way we think of it but um, they started experiencing weird things you know at their house and um I know my uncle, uh, uncle did, my aunt did, and then uh, eventually my dad did, and I was always hoping for an experience, but nothing ever happened to me. And then um, one night I was, you know, uh, I think I was maybe like 15 or 16 when this happened, but I was in my room at my parents' house, and I had my iPod plugged into the charger, and just the fact that they had the video mm-hmm. iPod, the big one, and it wasn't charging, and I was like, oh, that's, that's weird. So... Um, I'm sitting there trying to, you know, unplug it, plug it back in. And all of a sudden, the light switch actually turned off in my room. And I actually heard it go down. And I was like, and I shot around. And my first thought was like, oh, my dad is out there playing games with me or something. You know, and I kind of laughed. And I, because he did that sometimes. Mm -hmm. funny, I guess. So I walked out there, and um, there wasn't anyone there. And I was like, and my parents' house has this um, old, uh, or not old, they have this uh, overhang where you can see down um, to like, the living room. And I looked down there, and my parents were both laying there asleep on the couch. And uh, my brother and sister, they, were, uh, they weren't home. So I was like, immediately a chill went up my spine. And I was like, okay. <laughs> There's no way he could have ran down the stairs and, you know, acted like he was asleep without me hearing him. Yeah. And then I came back into the room, and my iPod was charging. And I don't know if that's connected or not, but I just was like, well, that's an odd coincidence. You know, especially with, you know, all the theories on how they're, you know, with electricity and EMS fields and how that's kind of incorporated with it. Yeah, that's an interesting experience you had, especially when you said, like, you know, you were trying, you wanted to have one, and, Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I guess they happen when you least expect it. You know? Exactly. They, yeah, uh, I was not <laughs> It's like those people who take pictures of houses and it's like, I just took a random picture of a house and I, there was a person standing in the window who wasn't there. House was empty. been empty for 100 years. And, you know, somebody who actually wants to get a picture of a ghost goes and take a picture and there's nothing there. You can take a picture, like, every day for a year and nothing will be there. And then random some random person just snaps a picture like for like no reason and then all of a sudden there's a 
spirit right there. Like, yeah. dude. <laughs> exactly. yep. What do I have to do? So, um, you started your this. You started Old Dominion Ghost Hunters at Old Dominion University, or was it a different different name? Yeah, it was um, Old Dominion Ghost Hunters. Um, they pretty much kept with that. Because it's, well, it was a school, but also the state. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, it works. It's, it's, it's a, uh, it's a good name. What was your, uh, what was your first uh, paranormal investigation? Where did you guys go? Um, I think our very first. Well, I know initially we were having, I was having trouble finding places, but I wasn't from that area, so um, I checked out um, the Yorktown battlefields um, and. Uh, we didn't really get too much down there, but but I usually call our first real case was Surrey Plantation down there in Virginia Beach. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we you know since then we we've, we've been there a whole lot. <laughs> that's a great that is a great location. I've already been there once, but I've heard some good things about it. Oh yeah, that place is always well. It's not always active, but there's a lot of stuff going on there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's 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 tough because you know when you go places and it's you know the same place is always the same place is always active. It's hard, but then it, but it feels like it's always active because you, you always get stuff like with the cabin, like it's always active, but not really always active, but active you know most of the time. Yeah, I think a lot of places just have different different degrees of activity, and then I've mm-hmm. even I've even been to some places where. They just it comes you know some people describe it as like it comes in waves. Yeah, it's really true. You know, like you get a bunch of activity for like a straight a week somewhere, and then nothing for months. You know, exactly. Like, yeah, it's hard to tell like when 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 is the best time to go. Cause we had uh, Daniel Clace on the uh, show from the Hinsdale House the other, the other day. And I asked him, like, when's the best time to go? He's like, no, it's, it's no real, can't really tell. You know, I thought, well, maybe it's the winter time or maybe it's just summer, but you yeah, almost like a week-by-week basis, I think. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. There's, there's a lot of theories out there on it. Uh, a lot of people say the winter time because, you know, that's when um, static electricity is kind of like at its highest. Mm-hmm. And I never really put that together until a few years ago someone told me that and I was like, that's a really interesting thought, you know. That electricity that's high so Hey, I noticed that, like, even this is kinda of stupid, but whenever I go out I'll I'll take my shirt my shirt off and take something off during the wintertime we can hear actually hear the staticky, you know, the the but I don't hear it during yeah. the summer. And I again I never thought about thought about it like that until you said something. I'm like, yeah, yeah usually they want to get you know, take a sweatshirt off or whatever, you can feel hear the static, you can't feel it or hear it as much in the summertime. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like a higher static discharge or something in the wintertime. Plus the air is so much heavier in the summertime mm-hmm. compared to the winter, where it's a lot more it feels a lot more I don't think you have the right word for it, but less heavy, more clear, I guess, compared to the summertime. Like, I mean, I don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, summertime, I, I would have, like, I always think summertime is the hardest time to investigate because you're dealing with, well, for one, on, on our team and I'm sure most teams, you're dealing with a lot of people that are going on, you know, vacation mm-hmm. and trips, and then also in terms of 
investigating. I mean, if you're going anywhere that has that's near people, you know, a lot of people outside, a lot of animals, a lot of sounds, you know, it's like hard to Yeah, because if you're listening back to to audio and you have a bunch of crickets in the background, you know it's tough because if the, if there's a whisper, and especially depending on how loud the crickets are, you might not be able to hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, investigating in the wintertime is not fun because of the the cold. But I guess you can. Um, hey, Taryn, you can. Um, you put layers on, um, so that you know, you can, and you can only take so much clo- so many during the time. So. Legally, right? That's a whole. That's a whole other. Uh, that's a whole other ghost hunting. That's a whole other naked and afraid right there. Exactly. You know, so I guess uh, you would rather investigate in the winter time than the summer. Yeah, if I had to pick, I mean, not our big. I think the best times are the spring and the fall. But, uh, yeah. but the winter, I would pick the winter of the summer, probably would. Just with contamination for the most part. Yeah, I said if, I'd say fall for me is the best time. Just the time of year, just, you know, everything about it is, is um, just make, is the right time for, for that kind of uh, investigating, you know. Yeah. Everyone's in the spirit, too. You know? Exactly. For me, the springtime, I am just, I am so full of hay fever. I'm just completely miserable being outside. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. That is true. You do battle that, especially, especially during the later spring, yeah. Oh, yeah. It sucks because, like, you know, the wintertime, it's cold, and the springtime comes, you want to be outside. You want to do all that. You want That's when you want to be out there and stuff. And You know, that would be interesting yeah. to see, like, like where you get what season you get the most activity on. You pick a day, like during the month of each like yep. season, and then you go out there the same day or on the same time, and you see what uh, how much activity you get on each through each season, and see if it makes any difference. Yeah, that would be interesting. Interesting to see the stats on that. Mm-hmm. Of course, I have to trade ideas, and I'll probably forget about it. And they're like, oh, oh, well. <laughs> yeah, I never write anything down either. Exactly. <laughs> so um, do you remember your first piece of evidence, like your first, like, EVP or, like, anything you caught for the first time? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, one of, and this is crazy because it's one of, I still think it's one of the best clips that I've ever caught. It's one of the first clips I've ever caught. Um there's a, uh, before I started the Old Dominion group, when I was still doing it with my friends, um, we did actually go to one um, indoor location. It was a museum, uh, the Wayne Box Museum in Dumfries. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of that one, but. Um, I have. Yeah, yeah, it's real, real little, unassuming place. Um, and the history of it is kind of interesting, but. Um, but I do remember, like, while we were investigating there, um, there, there came a point in the night where um, we had heard, like, a woman's voice on the steps, and the, the steps leading up to, um, uh, I think it's Mary's room, which is, like, uh, one of the bedrooms. Um, and we both heard it, me and my brother, actually, and we didn't, we don't, 
think we actually got on the court. We got upset. And later that night, everyone went out to um, the cars to kind of like um, take a break and let all the recorders run in the museum for a little bit, like undisturbed um, from everyone walking around. And uh, we didn't, you know, we were all outside, like pretty, pretty far from the museum. And then later when I was reviewing the audio, um, actually captured like what sounded like a man talking to a woman. And then at one point, it almost sounded like a child. And um, you could also hear, like, like movement. Mm-hmm. It sounded like, like almost like something being dragged across the floor. And this all went on within the span of probably, like, 30 seconds or so. And um, it was just amazing. Because I remember, like, I still remember where I was. I was like, in my parents' house, listening on this, this old, this old uh, computer speakers. And um, I remember hearing that, and I was just like, what in the world is that? Because it, mm-hmm. it didn't sound like any of our voices. It didn't sound muffled or far away. Yeah. Like one of us was outside. I mean, it sounded like it was in the building. And um, they were clearly like, you know, uh, like like almost like that reverberation sound, like when you, when you hear someone yeah. talking inside the wall. Yeah, yeah. That was just, man, that blew my mind. <laughs> that was an awesome one. There is nothing like like hearing your first EVP. And you, you get something like that, and like I remember my, my first one was uh, we were at we were doing a, a mock investigation at this one of this one one of the the lead investigators' houses. You know, we weren't expecting to get anything. You know, because it's it's just a suburban house. It wasn't anything special about it, but you're like. The, Howie was like, you know, we'll teach you how to investigate, and we'll go, you know, we'll go upstairs, and you and uh, you and your partner will go upstairs, and we'll uh, do a, a quick EVP session, and then, you know, we'll review the the, the EVPs and let you know what you got, if you got anything. That I, mean, I wasn't expecting to get anything, and I didn't hear I didn't hear anything about it until like a week later, and I heard it the first time, and. Honestly, I don't remember what it was, but it was it was a female voice that wasn't the girl I was with at the time. And again, it was one of those things where it's like you never don't know for sure that the paranormal exists until you actually get a piece of evidence on your own. Yeah, exactly. You know, yep. that's when you're 100 percent sure that that this shit is real. You know, I, mean, I, I can play an EVP for you. Uh, you know, hundred, uh, but you know, till you get it for yourself, mm-hmm. there's always that tiny bit of doubt that yeah. you know you're not gonna believe anything 100 percent unless you experience experience for your experiences for yourself. And that's awesome that you guys that you got you got that you got the EVP from that from the museum. What did your friend yeah. say when you when you showed it to him? Yeah, I remember I first showed it to my brother because mm-hmm. um, you know, at the house and, uh, and we were just both just jaws dropped because like for a fact that no one was in the house. And we had a camera running at the time in the house and you know, basically we were able to you know, we could technically prove to people that there was no one in the house while this happened. And uh it was just the coolest experience sharing and then sharing that with the people that 
mm-hmm. like that. Like I've caught voices and, and different things, but uh, even sometimes the multiple voices. But um, but a full on. I mean, it literally sounded like someone talking and response, and then someone talking again. It was just crazy because that stuff is so rare. And it goes back to what we were talking about earlier when we were talking about the. Uh, and they don't. We you get evidence when you least expect it. You know, you you put stuff in, you put the recorder out there. You know, hoping to get something. You weren't expecting to get something like that. You know. Exactly. Yeah. I uh, we did an investigation at this at this uh, plantation in um, Palatan, and uh, we had just finished our our first run, our first go round. And we had gone outside for a smoke break and just to let the house chill and go outside. We'd just talk and, you know, go over what, what we'd done. And I had bought a new recorder at Best Buy earlier that day. And I wasn't – I hadn't familiarized myself with it yet. So I had thought that I had cut it off when I put it in my pocket. I must hit the wrong button. So I had the recorder going the whole time when I was talking out there talking. We went downstairs, and it was just me out there, and um, one of the other investigators had come out. The the rest of the team had not come out yet. And I caught, and I was going back. I was going through. I went back. I got home. I uploaded the recording to the um, computer, and I was listening to it, and I heard it go to my pocket. like, oh, crap, I forgot to put the recorder off. So I'm like, I'll just listen to it. See if I caught anything. So I'm listening to it, and all of a sudden I hear – but it sounds like an Indian chanting and clapping his hands. It's like, oh, it would sound like an, like a Native American and this whole time. And I know it wasn't any of us that were out there because, first of all, if if one of us started chanting like an Indian, one of us might have said something to him like, are you okay? <laughs> Do I need to call a doctor or something? Do you need to go home? Well, it was like uh, – and it was one of those moments, you know, you, you, you take the earphones out, you look at them, you know, like, put them back in, you go back and listen to them, you're like, like, you know, like you had, like, one of those holy shit moments, like, oh, my God, this is incredible. It is such, and it's such a fun feeling when you catch an EVP, even to this day, like, you know, you, you still, when you get, the, when you get that, that awesome like voice coming through and you're like, Holy crap, this is so cool. Oh my God. It's so it's still a high when you get that when you get a good piece of evidence. Absolutely. Yeah. I still get that. Yeah, every every time. I guess when you when you stop getting that piece and when you stop getting that feeling, it's time to to uh maybe take a break from it. Yeah. Your uh favorite piece of uh your favorite, your favorite place to go investigate, like your favorite, like the place where you get the most activity. Hmm. Uh, we in Bach Museum definitely on that list. Um, I think it was either us or someone that invited us. Actually, we kind of nicknamed that place um, the House of Voices just because. The House of Voices. Some, yeah, there's only like that. Kind of voice activity, vocal activity there. Um, don't know why exactly, but um, it's very common, and there's almost no visual experiences, which is interesting. Um, 
remember seeing anything there, and I don't know of that many mm-hmm. visual experiences that people have had there. Um, it's just daily at uh, auditory, but that's definitely on there. Um, I'm trying to say just over the years we've collected a lot of um, really good audio evidence from Moonspots Museum. Um, oh, uh, one other place I should, definitely should mention is uh, Hillview Manor um, in Pennsylvania, near Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Uh, that place, uh, we've been there three times now, and uh, it has just been really, really active. I think the second time we went, we didn't get a whole lot of activity, but the first time and then last time, which was in November of two years ago, maybe, was the last time we went, but um, multiple team members experienced, um, like, shadow figures, um, including myself on the first investigation we did there. Um, me and a girl on, our, on the team when the group was still at college, we were looking down this hallway with a flashlight, and uh, and it just it was so crazy. But it, it actually looked like an arm just appeared in the middle of the hallway, and it was like uh, mostly black, dark colored. But you could tell there was like a uh, like the person was wearing a long sleeve shirt because you could see the cuff like um, at the end, and it just kind of went like like chicken wings. When it went from flat to like chicken wing, sort of mm-hmm. like almost like someone was doing this motion, and then it just went down the connecting hallway, and it just disappeared. And there was no sound. And uh, this was in the winter time, and we went down there. We looked for, you know, bats, whatever. <laughs> we yeah. To debunk it, and uh, we just couldn't find. It. And the one thing I remember thinking the most was like, how is this? Thing able to move like it did because there was this really strange like undulation to it, you mm-hmm. know, like and uh, I just never seen that before, you know, and I mean only in movies and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But not in real life, I was just, like blown away by that, and, and that place has been very, very active for us over the years. Lots of experience out there. Yeah, I've heard I've heard good things about the Hillview Manor. Um, of course, I watched the uh, I watched the Ghost Hunters or I guess Ghost Adventures episode when they went out there. Um, and I've heard, like I said, I've heard I've had a few people go out and said that they had a um, and that what you caught or saw was uh, that is that is pretty amazing. It blew my mind, you know. Cause... To, to point a flashlight down the hall, and you, mm-hmm. you don't see it, you don't see anything, right? It's just an empty hallway, and then all of a sudden it's just there, and this girl, and she's just like, because well, I just kind of froze. I yeah. didn't even know what it was, and she was like, is, is that an arm? And I was like, I think so, I don't know. So I'm going to check it out. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. You, 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 it's hard, because when, when you see something like that, it's like your brain doesn't register what it is. At first, you know, it's like, uh, you know, it's like you see a, a full bite apparition. Well, you know, I think your your brain is so surprised that, that you're actually seeing something that it's like, what's crap? Then, then, 
by the time you realize what it is, like, it's gone. You're like, oh, shit. I guess that's why it's good to have a uh, body camera on you the whole time. Just so if you do catch something, it's it's on camera. You're not looking to find your uh, cell phone, you know. Don't go anywhere. Stay right there. Look at my phone.
first I was like, oh, that's, you know, it's got to be car lights or something driving by. And uh, then we started realizing that the lights were changing directions, and then sometimes they would stop and hover and do, like, all kinds of weird stuff. And I was like, okay, there's no way we're getting lights from cars doing that unless someone's out there doing donuts or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and these things just, it was so strange. Like, they they moved around, and then you would turn a flashlight on, and nothing would happen. Like, it, it was, you wouldn't see anything. And then you turn it back off, and nothing would happen for a while, and then it would start up again. Almost as if it was, like, I hate to put attention behind things, but, like, almost as if it was waiting to see if we were going to turn the light back on or something. And that was crazy. All, all four of us saw it. And uh, I've never seen anything like that uh, to this day. But um, that was just an amazing experience. I believe the depot and the main building um, definitely really heavy activity from time to time there. I went out there uh, a few years ago with my friend Rhonda, and uh, we went to the depot. It was like it was in December. It was during the day, but it was cold and rainy, so it's not a day that people would actually be outside playing or kids would be outside playing. We were we were there. It was just me and her, and um, I caught what sounds like a little boy singing. But it was in a, in a very high pitched voice. Oh. Yeah. And oh my God. it was very creepy. And uh, yeah, it was. And I, and I remember, I remember, like I said, it was really cold that day, and there was no like reason for anybody to be outside singing. But it sounded like it was inside the building. Oh. Yeah. yeah. That's probably the best piece of evidence I've caught out there. The most clear piece of evidence I've caught out there. Uh, you know, I get like hell. I get like stuff that very like whispery and stuff. Where you hear stuff and you're not quite sure, you know, if it's what it's saying. But yeah, that's probably the best piece of evidence I've caught out there. Mm-hmm. So, um, let me just tell you that my iPad was dying on here. So do what? Oh, well, uh, you're on your phone right now? I'm on my iPad. Okay. Well, I mean, I only got a few more minutes left, so I'll I'll shorten the video. I'll show it up a little bit. Um, So people get in touch with you. How how, uh, can they see what you've been doing and, like, uh, keep up with your uh, your group? Um, Mainly use the Facebook page now. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just Old Dominion Ghost Hunters. If you search on Facebook, you can find us through there. Um, you can just like uh, the page. Um, we do have a website, but it's kind of under construction right now. Um, it's odughosthunters.com, but um, for the most part, you can't really access it right now until we um, tweak some stuff. We'll kind of get between on that. But, um, but for now, we've mainly been using the Facebook uh, page. Okay. Well, I'll share out your Facebook page and um, try to get people to uh, go out there and see what you guys are up to. Yeah, no, I really appreciate that. Definitely appreciate all of this, um, and uh, you know, it's great to do this with you. No problem. Hope we can get you back out to the cabin and uh, 
and we'll try again, definitely. And maybe I'll come out out there and investigate with you guys sometime. Yeah, definitely, definitely should. Awesome. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show and talking with me tonight. I hope you, you and your family have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Don't eat too much, too much stuffing. <laughs> you too. I hope you guys have a good one too. All right, brother. You take care, man. You have a great night. All right. You too. All right. Bye. Well, guys, that was fun. I enjoyed our conversation. Um, Next week, I think we have Urban Ghost Hunters on the show next week. I actually saw a message through TikTok and asked if they wanted to come on the show. Um, so I may have I may have the name completely wrong. I do. Don't tell anybody because um, I'm on my TikTok right now. But uh, next week will be fun. We'll be here. Same freaking awesome time. Same freaking awesome channel. Bye, guys.